How's it going, folks? I'm Graham Boyd, Xbox Live's AC Bongos, and when I'm not supporting Aberdeen Football Club, I'm listening to the Party Chat Podcast. Xbox on. Game on, baby! Wow! All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Party Chat Podcast. I'm this week's host, Uncle Jesse. I am back. Uh, hopefully not forgotten. Maybe forgotten. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, Who, Who's this guy yeah, again? Exactly. Exactly. Podcast? And I'm already laughing. I'm already laughing. By the way, while I was on leave here, let's call it that, uh, my, my wife was like, hey, have you read the reviews of the podcast? Everyone says you laugh too much. And I said, oh, well, maybe I'll, I'll work on that. We'll see. But probably not. I'll probably be laughing throughout this whole thing as well. It's a fun, it's a fun podcast. Uh, with us this week is Karina. How are you doing, Karina? I'm great. How are you guys? Oh, just fine and dandy. And as usual, it's Reese. Delicious yeah. of the cheese. Reese. The guy you just can't get rid of. I know. I know. Well, we get, we finally got rid of Ross. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that guy. actually, actually, Ross will be joining us later in the podcast. We're very excited we have a interview with Graham Boyd, AC Bongos, over on uh, the Xbox team. We we're very excited to be chatting with him again, and this was uh, actually my first time getting to chat with the gentleman, and uh, it's a fun one. So make sure to stick, stay tuned for that later in the episode. So I'm interested. What have you guys been playing? Well, I've been playing. I have, I have been playing. Oh, I did a stream of Viva Pinata, so I got back nice. into that after the interview. That was great. Rare. That was pretty fun. And also, I've been playing uh, an old favorite called Don't Starve. Uh, I think Don't it's coming starve. to the Xbox, actually. Um, what's what's that? I think it's on the Xbox. Is it on now? I think it, Don't Starve is on the Xbox. Oh, is it to- starve, as in, like, I'm starving to eat something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Don't, basically a survival starve. game. Huh. Um, and the goal is not to starve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's really blank as a game. You literally just get landed in some sort of map and... It could. It's just a randomly generated map, so you don't know what will happen. And you, it, there isn't instructions. There isn't. It doesn't tell you how to play. You just figure it out. Figure it out. So, well, I mean, what's the premise of this? Are you cooking, finding stuff to cook up and eat, or are you hunting things, or are you a bit of both? Um, you essentially, obviously, you need food. You've got three things. So you've got your health, your food. So obviously, if you if you starve, you die. Um, and your insanity, and also depending on the character you pick <laughs> to start with, can depend on what happens. Like I've got, I always pick Willow, who's um she's known as the fire starter, and but you've got to be careful because she randomly, occasionally sets things alight, which is okay up until she sets your own items alight, and then you panic because you might have spent like hours trying to collect all these items to bit so you can build something, and then she just sets it all alight. Cool. <laughs> and it's it's like it's like isometric, right? Like top down. Okay, I was going to ask what's yeah. the style of game. So that's that sounds interesting. Is, is, so Reese, like, you said it's you think it's on on Xbox now? I'm almost certain. It's like like uh but yeah, the, the style is sort of like this really creepy sort of um cartoon style. It reminds me a bit of um like uh the guy who's like best friends with Johnny Depp, the director. Tim uh, Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Yes, Thank you. definitely yes. that type of stuff. Uh, like like early Tim Burton's work. 
Yeah, that is, that's actually a good description. Looks like it is, yeah, it is available on the Xbox. You're playing on PC, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Only I'll probably get it on Xbox, though. Uh, I've always been a fan of the original, and then I played, uh, I've been playing Don't Starve Together, which is you can co-op with friends. But they they have different versions, so you can do one where you're against each other and you can actually attack each other, or you can play together and try and survive the world and you just send your friends off on missions while, you know, one of you collect rocks while the other collects food. Different things. <laughs> Good old rocks. <laughs> I know, I was like, I have all the items, rocks. No, it gets better because obviously the more days that go along, the harder it gets. You get more animals. The werewolves are always annoying. And when, when winter comes, that's it. If you're not prepared, you'll just die. Sounds like a very interesting game. Definitely going to have to check it out. Yeah. So I- that's that's a pretty stark contrast, you know, Viva Piñata to Don't Stop. <laughs> actually, yeah, I'm actually quite the it's opposite. Like all the opposites. <laughs> Funny enough, <sighs> I don't think I've ever played Viva... Actually, no, sorry. I tried playing Viva Piñata, Viva Piñata easy, easy enough to say, on the 360. Wasn't it Games with Gold not too long ago? I tried playing it, and I just didn't give it enough of a chance. I'll have to jump back in there and, and try that out, because I've just heard overwhelmingly amazing things about that game it it requires a certain mindset yeah like the game doesn't really have much gameplay to be honest with you it, it it scratches that collector's itch that that sort of same sort of game that is that it, like people who like city builders and farming simulators probably would really enjoy viva pinata gotcha yeah so, Reese, I'm going to ask you, what are you playing, man? Um, this week, I have been playing quite a bit of, uh, actually, Battleborn again. I saw you online playing Battleborn. I was going to yeah. ask you about that. Because, well, I was curious about what they'd done with this whole free-to-play thing. And also, uh, the, the biggest deciding factor was my girlfriend, actually, wanting to get back into it. She loves Battleborn. Uh, she was she was missing her, her favorite character, uh, so... I had to go back in. It's a co-op uh, title, she, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, not necessarily. It has two different modes, essentially. One, like there's PvP, which is like uh, basically like a classic MOBA-style game. So there's 3v3 or 4v4, 5v5 or 4v4, I can't remember. And then, of course, there's co-op multiplayer, which is up to four players. And that's um, that's like, like imagine like the Destiny raids, like that sort of difficult slightly different every time sort of thing you play each each level of the quote unquote campaign is like a a destiny style raid basically with bosses that have mechanics and and you 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 co-op together to beat those so we, we got back into that played a bit of battleborn uh it's fun as always and i also tried some of this month's game with gold i played grow up grow up from from ubisoft that game is um adorable as hell and it's it's such a chill game like nothing can hurt you nothing can bother you and you just you just do your thing like have either of you played it do you no, know do you guys no. know what it's about yeah, but no. <clears throat> okay it's a sequel so it's not really spoilers here but you you play a little robot dude named bud and uh, your mom is the ship and she crashes and it's exploded to bits and you get stranded on this little planet and you have to find all the bits of mom and put her back together and mom is on the moon uh so you have to get from the planet's surface to the moon and the only way you can do that is to climb so to obviously you can't just climb to the moon so what you have to do is grow these giant plants uh called star plants and you climb up the plants. so the game is is based on 
it's like really physics based and it's you climb stuff and the whole planet is like uh fully fully modeled like round and uh you you just climb and explore and you, you can you get like a glider and you can glide along and you can parachute and it's just a really chilled out game it has a pretty decent physics as well i i managed to actually put myself into orbit oh like i interesting I, yeah i you, you can, okay so you can turn into a ball and when you're when you're a ball you roll faster and i i was like halfway between the moon and the planet and i jumped and turned into a ball and as i was falling like toward the planet i basically i hit escape velocity and i instead of like crashing into the ground i fl- like slingshotted myself out into space again and then of course came back around and I, I eventually settled into this circular orbit. I even got an achievement for doing it by mistake. So someone thought that was a good idea. That's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, if, if you want a game, you can chill out. Really good for kids as well because it's like non-violent. It's just cute and it's it's just really chill. Uh, really nice music too, actually. And I have also been playing Snake Pass. I was going to ask. I saw I saw you uh, posting about that online, I think on, on Twitter. This game is Satan. (laughs) Okay, so it looks cute and cuddly and friendly. It looks fun, man. But it is evil. It is pure evil. And that's why it is Satan. It is so difficult. Like, to be honest with you, it's almost too difficult to be fun. Really? Uh, If if you're going for full completion, it's got to be one of the most frustrating games ever made. Even uh, if you just try and finish the levels, it is hard as balls. Like uh, it's fun because the you have to you have to control the snake, and it's it's not like you. So you have to really get used to the controls. It's like playing quop with a snake. Like you. You you hold the left trigger, sorry, right trigger to accelerate, but he won't go anywhere unless you like, you know, wiggle back and <laughs> forth like a snake. And you hold the A button to raise your head. And you pull the other trigger to like tighten yourself around whatever you're holding on to. And the the Y button will get your little your little birdie friend to lift up your tail. So you really have to like figure out the best way to like slither or over and around the the stuff so it, it's really hard but it is fun especially when you get it right it's like you know yes <laughs> you hit that real after like 50 times falling down swearing at the snake uh, if anyone hasn't seen uh donkey's video where he plays oh, yeah. snake pass it's totally worth it but yeah, i mean it looks great uh the music is so good i mean we, we had the devs on here and we right. talked about the music and the graphics it was, and it, but it was really nice to finally play it myself and i picked it up on sale nice. which is probably something we should talk about after this cuz it's yeah, yeah, is there some sort of sale going on i don't, I don't know maybe it's a little sale sure? yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but before we move on clay how about you cuz you've been you've been gone for so long yeah, you i've been playing uh a handful of different things i've been probably primarily playing watchdogs which was what last month's games with gold i've been yeah was itching itching to finally play that and i'm now struggling to really continue with it it's sort of very quickly lost my interest. <laughs> I liked Watch Dogs. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was I, I enjoyed it. It's just I don't know. It was just one of these things that I was I, I started playing in between other games, and I just didn't quite. I just couldn't get hooked 
into it. I thought there were some really cool mechanics with the game, and I thought it visually looked pretty good. The driving was pretty horrendous in the game. (laughs) For anyone who's ever thinking about picking up the crew, yeah. It has the same driving engine. Oh, really? Just don't do it. <laughs> the, the cars drive. <laughs> they drive. Like, 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 imagine if there was a pole rammed through the bonnet, <laughs> nailing the, the bonnet of the car to the ground. And basically, you only turn by swinging the back end of the car out like, right. around this invisible it sounds, pole. It's just a little clunky. That's all. It's, it, just, yeah. it's just a little clunky. But... Uh, outside of Watch Dogs, I have, of course, been playing Rainbow Six Siege. And of course, I have do- do- dove, divin, driven, driven, do- dove, I don't know what the word you, I'm looking you for. You dove into? I dove, I dove into ranked again. I. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, um, you know, maybe like a year ago I was doing ranked and then I stopped and I was just doing casual and partying up with random people and just having fun and casual for the longest time. And I, for whatever reason, jumped back into it, and it is like crack. I swear, it's so bad. It's so bad. I, I just, I can't put it down. And oh no, the, uh, you know what I don't understand though about this game is, and I, I'll try to stop talking about Rainbow Six Siege because I talk about it a lot. But um, the game has been out for almost two years now, and when you go to play ranked, it says beta. Like it's in, how is the ranked system in beta still? And it's already been almost two years <laughs> since this game has been out. Am well, I, I mean, going crazy? I, Am I going crazy? I, but I just recently figured out that I discovered, apparently I own Rainbow Six Siege and I installed it. I haven't played it yet. Not even the tutorial because I'm, I'm going to. We're going to play gonna, it. Though. Clayton is going to. I almost said Clayton's going to pop my cherry. That was going to be a bit weird. Uh, no, it, I, it, I'm going to I'm going to play the first time with you, and we're going to stream it so everyone can laugh at how bad I am. Oh, it's I'm but, probably equally as bad. All to give speaking it, of given the day. Speaking of games we've both played that you once accused me of being bad on, though, I played EverSpace again after they released a patch to allow me to change the controls. <laughs> And on my first run, I smashed every single record you ever yeah, made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Likely story. Likely. I was never trying. I got screenshots, boy. I got screenshots. Well, I need to see the proof. I don't. I, you know, I don't believe you, man. I don't believe you. And you know what? I, after this, tell you what. I'm going to go back in there. I'm going to see what that record was, and I'm going to be. Actually, I watched you stream it just recently on yeah. on Mixer, and you picked up one of the new ships. The last time I played it, I don't think they had the ships available yet. No, they didn't. Yeah, that's why I, I waited for the patch. Uh, it, it included because my issue with the game before was the controls were super twitchy, and a lot of people on the internet thought the same thing. And the the reason was you, you had the option to reduce the uh, sensitivity, but it didn't work. Uh, so so that makes once sense, they, right? Re, like just... made the full game release, the sensitivity worked, and so now I can actually steer. It still took me a while to adjust to the controls because it it plays more like a first person shooter than a uh, a ship game. It's, it's a beautiful, but if you if you can sort of like disconnect your brain from the fact that it's a ship and think more like you're playing. Rainbow Six Siege in space, then then it, it, it clicks a bit easier. It's a three D space. That's all. You know, it's a you know, you gotta zoom around up and backwards and all that other crazy stuff. But mm-hmm. I, I will I will check what that first run score was and I will crush it. I will <laughs> <laughs> bring it. What's the best the best part is I've I've like 
got three times the score of that. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what sector have you gotten up to? Uh, number four, I think. Yeah, I think that might three or four is the farthest I think I've gotten. Um, the, my issue is running out of fuel. Yeah, and you get trapped somewhere. Yeah, it's that's the the hardest part is having enough fuel. I mean, because it's it's random wh- wh- how much fuel you find. So sometimes the game's just like you've done everything right, but screw you, you die here. You, you know what I really want to know is when those randomly when you stick around on a on a map or a whatever the world is, a planet, such, yeah. whatever space for too long, and those huge star destroyer ships come in. I'm like, is there mm-hmm. a way you can actually beat one of those? Okay, so I. I was playing around inside an asteroid. There was like a huge base inside an asteroid mm-hmm. with all these doors that you could open and stuff like that. So I was in there for ages and the uh, the ships showed up, but I was in this asteroid. I didn't care. And so I'm just in there minding my own business. And I finally, you know, went through all the, all the way through the base, took the loot. And then I left. I left the asteroid and the the other guys were like in the opposite direction. So I started to make a run for it. You know, I thought, I got this. Uh, so I start kicking up my thing and I get to like maybe 80% charged and then just boom out of nowhere (laughs) six of them come out of warp and like one was like right in my face and I I swerved just like I swerved to miss it and like scraped the edge of it like that's how how quick it appeared and I actually flew through its its hangar bay because I I couldn't slow down because it's like right in my face and I flew through its hangar bay and, and and came out and as soon as I like tried to pull away from it and came into range of its weapons. Dead. Like swatting a fly. I didn't make it out. If, if anybody hasn't, if you guys remotely think you might like a space shooter, you should check it out. It's a, it's a definitely a, a fun one. And I actually think, actually, no, I don't think, I know it's on sale with the ultimate game sale. So why don't we jump right into the topics from this week and let's start things off. Reese, you want to kick it off with the, the game sale, ultimate game sale? Yeah, I suppose I will. You're listening to Xbox One Party Chat Podcast. This week in the subreddit. So, as Clayton so elegantly uh, set me up for, the Ultimate Game Sale is on right now. Do you guys take a look? It's pretty massive. This is what? this is. They usually do this twice a year, don't they? Once around the holiday season and then once... Here during the summer times, yeah, yeah, and it's like up to uh, I think off. it's like <laughs> like yeah, a lot off. Basically, all the money is just gone. All all the games are free. I'm actually just quickly bringing up the uh, the, the mega thread that was made by one of the guys on our mod team. Uh, I believe it was Defer. Thanks, Defer. Made this huge spreadsheet that has every game what its price is, how much the percentage off, how much it was before, how much it is now. And yeah, there's there's everything. Did you guys pick anything up? I have not. I am planning on picking up The Witcher 3, the complete edition, this week before the sale ends. And I'm very nervous that I will start that up and you will never hear from me again. Because it's uh, outside of that, I, I wasn't planning on grabbing anything else, but the other one that I was looking at was uh, Wolfenstein. 
Oh yeah, oh, but that's yeah. A definitely a good a good choice, no matter how much it costs. And I think Wolfenstein was was it under ten? It might have been ten or under ten. Actually, let me pull it. It's uh, it's ten dollars. So it, if you want a cheap laugh, Tales from the Borderlands, the complete season, is only four dollars fifty cents. Jeez, it's really funny, and it's like maybe eight hours, a bit longer. Uh, it's worth playing, even if you don't like Borderlands. It's it's pretty funny. It's a telltale game, so yeah, for four four dollars. Come on, <laughs> and I think uh, no, I like uh, Saints Row: Get Out of Hell is only like three dollars. Jeez, um, that is a wait. What? Yeah, Party Hard is only five bucks. Uh, I know Ross plays that game. Uh, Metro: Last Light Redux five dollars. Oh, yeah, anyone who does not own that game, five bucks. Seriously, guys, and and Metro Red twenty. 33 Redux as well. Also you, can get the whole, you can get the whole bundle for $7.50. I think I How got the whole bundle for $12 a year, yeah. a year and a half ago. <laughs> it's, it's two games for $7.50, and those are supposed to be just amazing games. And they're like AAA games that are like really good. Prep yourself for the new one coming out next year. Oh, yeah. Okay. I can't wait. So, Karina, did you get anything or not? Uh, not yet. It's still time. Uh, I've been looking at Overcooked mainly because I played oh. it at friends and it was just brilliant. I you, absolutely love it. Do it, do it. I mean, this. I I, I used to work as a cook, uh, and this game basically gives me the closest thing to PTSD <laughs> that I've ever experienced. But uh, <laughs> but it is so fun. I mean, I have I have friends come over uh, semi regularly for like. Basically, we, we cook dinner and just play video games together, you know. Normally, we're on the, the, the Nintendo playing, like, uh, Mario Party or whatever else. But uh, yeah. whenever the rare occasion happens that there's a good four-player party game uh, on the on the Xbox, we play that as well. And uh, Overcooked uh, is, is it happens so frequently. But we have to be careful because, like, we have, like, had, like, actual legitimate relationship crises break out <laughs> in the middle of a party <laughs> because of this game. To be fair, I think uh, we had a friendship problem because everyone was playing and it was going so well until someone set the uh, the whole kitchen on fire. And that was it. No one was speaking to each other. Everyone was just angry and we didn't play it again. <laughs> uh, but it is a great game. Um, it won all those awards and it deserved every single one. I recommend that game to to anybody who likes fun. It's just so simple, but it's it's great. But yeah, I mean, I I picked up uh, Snake Pass. Obviously, I think I paid like a very small amount for it. I think it was like nine dollars, and I've definitely been enjoying it. And I was thinking of getting something else, but I can't remember what it was. I'm just sort of very quickly flicking through the list because there's quite a few things that uh, I haven't played yet that I want to. I was going to say, um, Rise, the Legendary Editions on sale, if you're a gold member for $750, which is a, it's a, one of the original games that came out for the Xbox One, and it's amazing looking, and the gameplay is absolutely brutal and fun. So that's definitely one to check out if you're looking to, to get a new game for the cheap. Unless, uh, Unless the concept of like hitting someone with your shield and then chopping their arm off at the wrist doesn't appeal to you. <laughs> Tokyo 42 is on this list. Nice. I love that the game. The game only yeah. just came out. Actually, that's what I was looking at. Uh, speaking of local party games, I was looking at this game called Deformers. Oh, I've seen I'm that. not familiar with that. What's that? I mean, it looks it looks stupid and it looks cute and uh, I kind of want to play it. It's like, You're like a blob. 
Yeah, you're like a, a fat sort of squishy blob shape, like but with like an animal's face or animal skin, and you can like put hats on and stupid stuff. And it seems to be like this this arena game where you all spawn onto like a an elevated arena, and you got to like roll around and try and knock each other off. And yeah. I, as far as I can tell, that's the entire game. Yeah, you but, essentially uh, um, you can pick up little like I want to um, I want to call them seeds. I don't know what they are actually, like little all things um and i think what, they what, make, so you've I, played it it's on pc so i've seen some kids ah. play it at the arena uh, i've watched them play uh-huh. it um but yeah essentially you pick some things up and you can either use them to shoot back or at the same time you've got to collect certain items but obviously you're racing against everyone else in the arena whilst also trying to shoot each other whilst also trying to avoid get getting knocked off but i think everyone just loves the okay. fact you can customize the, the character you can choose i think there's a pug which was uh, quite popular. Like you say, you can put like little hats on, and I think that just makes it a bit fun. But that could get competitive. Okay. Play it with the right people. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's only fifteen bucks. Uh, I'm really thinking that's half price, by the way, which is damn good. Uh, so yeah, I think I might have to grab that one before the sale ends. Does anyone know when the sale is ending? That is a very good question. I kind of want to see the eighth, but was it the eighth? Oh, tenth of July. You checked tenth of July. Yeah, yeah. Now until the tenth of July. Oh, she, anyone who has that not up. That's fine. I I am going to I choose to believe her anyway. Just a random date. <laughs> yeah. Anybody who has not played Ori in the Blind Forest yet? Oh yeah, I was thinking of picking now. that up. It's half price. Amazing. Do it. Do it. Do it, you silly girl. There's not there's just, get just it. do it's it. Only 10 bucks. Well, say exactly. Yeah. That is a steal. I've heard that game is punishing as well, is it not? It is really hard. It's got like feels as well. I I feel like I it's, need a box of tissues next Okay, week. so it 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 hits you with the feels before the first cutscene even ends. Like Great. most most people will be like, I have seen uh, some people tear up before the first cutscene ends. I was going to say it's, um, last year's E three. They sh- I think I was tearing up the trailer. Never mind the actual game. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty harsh, and then the game just continues to pile on the feels. Uh, but it is it is really hard. Uh, but it is like pixel perfect. So if you die, it's not like it's always your fault. Yeah. The game's never cheap, but it will punish you for a mistake. Like there's these escape sequences, and basically you have to memorize your way out because one mistake, and you're done. Oh. Like one mistimed jump, one, one mistimed wall bounce, or anything like that, and you're you're done. You have to restart the the chase sequence again. It's it's very much like Rayman Origins. Uh, in that respect. Hmm. Uh, Actually, you guys, before we jump on to the next topic, I wanted to ask you guys, there's another topic that's very much related to this sale that's very quickly blowing up on the sub this uh, the past day or so, which is how do you guys feel about should there be a shopping cart added to the store? Oh my god, yes. <laughs> but is that lethal? Maybe maybe that's a bit lethal. <laughs> and that could be dangerous. Yeah, yeah. I never thought of that. I, I was wondering if it's it, the reason behind it is because like I know people were saying it would be great for in this so that you don't have to per, you know individually do a whole bunch of individual transactions. I could do one transaction just be a little bit less clicky, time-consuming. I'm wondering, do you think that have anything to do with the return policy that they now have, the digital return policy? That might get in the way, yeah. I don't know. I I also think, like, maybe they don't want to deal with the fact that, you know, little Timmy might 
turn on daddy's Xbox and, and queue up like $6,000 worth of stuff. And suddenly daddy comes home from work, he's $6,000 in debt. He calls up Microsoft and says, I'm not paying you $6,000. And then everything gets all complicated. And they say, oh, okay, not a problem. We can just- yeah, I'm sure that's exactly what Microsoft and the bank too. The bank would be like, oh, that's fine. No problem. Yeah. No, that's that's the complete opposite of what would happen. I think I think that might be also one of the reasons, like they just don't want to deal with that. But then again, Steam lets you have a basket, right? Or does it? I don't know. Steam, uh, yeah, you can have a wish list in a cart. Yeah, so, I know you had a wish list. I, maybe okay, Microsoft but- could just do a wish list then and see how that goes. A wish list would be great. Then you can always keep track of things as well, so you could see, you know, you only have to pop to the wish list to see if it goes on offer. Mm, and Probably then I'll like idea. like take pictures of myself in in scantily clad, uh, you know, suggestive positions, so that so that people will buy the games for me. I'm sure. I, that I feel like someone, uh, maybe it was Major, maybe it was Mike Yabera. Someone, someone posted. I thought that the wish list was they were working on that. I think Big Mike might have dropped yeah. a hint. On on the tweeters or something like that. Um, Basically, he he likes to drop hints on the tweeters and on the discords. All right, let's uh let's let's change uh let's change subject here. Let's chat about the games with gold for July. Oh, uh, more you, free games. Yeah, free yeah. is cheaper than free is cheaper than uh, discount. So user a h n a f m posted uh, the games with gold for July, which is. Coming on uh, right now, available is Grow Up on the Xbox One, and Runbo is coming later in the month on the 16th, and over on the 360, which is backwards compatible, you have Kane and Lynch 2 for for the first half of this month, and then Lego Pirates of the Caribbean. We've been getting a lot of Lego titles lately, haven't we? I feel like there's been a few, which I'm not complaining. These games are maybe solid, solid games. I actually, uh, I know a guy... Uh, his name is Bear Parker, and he used to work for Microsoft, and now he actually works for Lego uh, on the Lego things. Games team. Yeah, and he uh, maybe I should talk to him about why we're getting all these Lego games. It could be his influence. You never know. Hmm. Actually, uh, Bear isn't listening because you know he's actually a person who has a life and stuff. But uh, <laughs> I've got to give him props. If if any of you remember the contest that we did for Quantum Break, where we gave away a copy of the game that had been signed by Sean Ashmore. That sweet, sweet hookup came from Bear. So, thanks, Bear. You're great. He does amazing Lego levels as well. He does, Metal Gear Solid one he did. He made Metal Gear Solid? No. He made, um, I'm sure it was Metal Gear Solid, like, um, one of the levels. He literally did a replica of it, but in Lego. It was amazing. I even tried it out, um, uh, was it in the Lego world, I think it is? But no, yeah, it looked amazing. That... Huh, I'm going to have to check that out. But uh, are, you, are you guys excited for any of these games? Probably the Lego Pirates Caribbean. I'm always a soft yeah, spot for Lego. I think it's just a childhood thing. I've always been a bit obsessed with Lego. The best Lego game ever is um, Lego Indiana Jones 1. I have not played that one. I think it's my favorite out of all of them. It just makes me laugh. But... Uh, are you guys going to try Grow Up or Runbow? 
I will probably try both of those. Um, I'm primarily interested in Kane and Lynch at this point. That is one that I actually told myself I was going to download, was it yesterday or the day before? And get going with, but haven't had a chance to check it out. But that, the, those, though, that game series is one that I've always been interested in, just never got around to playing. So I'm interested in checking it out. This is a crazy it is. This is kind of a, except for Kane and Lynch 2, which is like the complete opposite of what I'm about to say. This is a fairly, fairly family friendly month. Yeah. Got, you got Grow Up and you got Rumbo and you got Lego Pirates. It's it's like, you know, it's it's, it's good for the kids this month. And then you got Kane and Lynch 2, which is like <clears throat> one of the most extreme, extremely adult games there is. If I, if, if I remember correctly, there's a level, uh, I think it's one of the first ones, uh, You one of the guys you play is completely naked and the, the camera is actually like, like the camera that you play as like, you know, that follows him around is like actually someone with a, a camcorder so oh, like all his junk is pixelated but uh <laughs> yeah i've seen i've seen but it, i think the trailer it's, it's for that it's quite quite funny something yeah. for that yeah mm-hmm. but i think i think runbo is going to be quite good. It's interesting for me again with this whole local multiplayer thing uh i do love me some some zany competitive and cooperative multiplayer nothing wrong with that that's no sure. no did you did you guys see it has like a, a sort of a color mechanic a bit like black and white bushido but colorful and, and platforming instead of violent. No, I haven't seen much of it other than I think a trailer or two. Is this out on the Nintendo Switch as well? Runbo? It might be. I feel like I've seen it on maybe Nintendo. There's one called Runbo uh, Pocket. Uh, maybe, maybe that's, that's the Nintendo Switch. Could maybe. be. By the way, speaking of the Nintendo Switch and, and games and stuff that we like to play, I took a brief uh, couple days off. Uh, and we, uh, my girlfriend and I, we went um, to like a small, well, not small town, the third biggest town in Finland, but it's still a small town. Uh, and we, we took the train there and uh, playing uh, playing two-player Switch on the train. It's oh, just the best. Nice. You just fold the table down, undock the thing, like, you know, with that really flimsy kickstand at the back and <laughs> take off the Joy-Cons. And it's it's great. Of course... We played a little bit of two player and, and, and then and then we started playing uh, Puyo Puyo Tetris and things got serious. <laughs> That's when it gets competitive. <laughs> I, I'm still waiting. A game for I'm friends. still waiting for like all the traveling that I do, being in the airport. I play it all the time when I'm sitting in the airport waiting for flights or on my flight I'm usually playing it. I'm still waiting to bump into someone else that wants to randomly have a Mario Kart match or, or something along oh, those dude, lines. Dude, yeah, a game of Mario Kart while like multiplayer on the plane? That would be amazing. Then I again, know. I look like a disgruntled old man while I'm sitting there. <laughs> no one talk to me, leave me alone. <laughs> I'm sure there was um, a thread going like a like a trend going around on Twitter at some point when the Switch first came out where it was like people were taking pictures where they were sat on the plane and they'd ask no matter who sat next to them. They'd ask if they want them to play the Nintendo Switch with them, and then they just take like photo evidence. But it was trying to get as many people as possible to do it. But huh. it's just some like random stranger. I was like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> At least it passed the time. Yeah, exactly. yeah. All right, let's uh, let's jump into the next one here before we head on over into our interview. This one is from Lack of Focus, who posted about. Player Unknown Battleground, which is looking to have cross-play between the PC and the Xbox One. So I wanted to get your guys' 
feedback on that. Uh, I actually don't know, uh, Kareen, have you have you played that at all? I know you do a bit of PC gaming. Have you had a chance to to play that one uh, at all? I've not played it yet. Mainly, uh, I am awful at shooters. However, I have watched a lot of people play it, and it does yeah. want me to get it myself. I might get it when it com- gets released on Xbox because it looks highly addictive. It does. Um, it does. But no, I've seen how much people get into it and the tricks, the tricks people do, and just. But I don't know how they'll do the uh, crossplay because I think I've heard the Xbox is for up to sixty people, where the PC it's up to a hundred on a server. So I'm not sure if they'll just cap it if it's crossplay or. I I don't think I realized there was up to a hundred on the on the PC. Yeah, it's a hundred. Yeah. Wow. A hundred people spawn in and one person leaves. Wow, that's uh, I didn't realize it was that it was that high. Um, no, I, I think what was interesting to me was I think uh, lack of focus also posted a a, a little uh, quote from the from the article, which was that they're the developers are working on aim assist for us console players that since the concern might be keyboard and mouse versus a a controller in terms oh, of keyboard your, and mouse in a shooter like that, they're gonna give it, us a whooping exactly. <laughs> Like it's a, exactly. If anyone hasn't seen Player Unknown Battlegrounds, the game is um, it's quite tactical. Like it, it's still kind of arcadey, but it tries to. It's sort of like Rainbow Six Siege in that it it has like some moniker or some sort of symbolism of 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 reality, and so it it it's really skill based. Um, there's no spray and pray. There's no cod, you know, respawn because you know when you die, you're dead. That's it. Game over. You can watch the rest of the match, or you can bow out. Right. And yeah, I think I think PC players would bring the hurt. They definitely would. They would definitely. I, I I'm looking forward to it. I don't know for this particular game. I always welcome that crossplay, but for, for a, a shooter, I more than likely would not <laughs> would not entertain just for that sole that sole reason. You just get absolutely killed. Absolutely killed I, against PC. Players. I'm so looking forward to like. Being able to play this game, like for example, with you guys and then Ross, who's not here, like a four-way, uh, yeah, great. a four-way, um, what's it called? A four-way co-stream. Thank you yes. on Beamer. I was wondering where you're um, going with that. Yeah, no, no, that. Yeah, we, we've just discussed this many times, Clay. It's not that kind of podcast. Um, but, but yeah, so like you know, a four-way stream and this game, you know, like there's so much potential for shenanigans. Oh yes, in, in for a sure. Game like this, for yeah. sure. This would be a blast for us to be able to co-stream. You, you know what? What I'm going to do is, if if someone kills me in a particularly amazing or dirty, dirty hand, underhanded way, I'm I'm not going to quit. I'm just going to watch them, and like judge everything they do, <laughs> and then cheer when they finally die. That's that's going to be. And then, then I might like send congratulation messages to the person who killed them. I don't know how how far. It depends on how badly yeah. they kill me. Do you but- have a <laughs> I do have a challenge. Try and finish. Well, try and come in the top ten by using only a frying pan. Ooh. Yeah. I had a friend use a frying pan, but they didn't really get that far. There's only, there's only so much you can do. <laughs> Against a sniper rifle, yeah. <laughs> only so much. You have to get in real close for that frying pan. That'd I mean, it'd be cool if you could take hit a grenades lot of back with it. Oh, yeah, if yeah. you could deflect them. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Just keep swinging. Just keep swinging. Hey, the, the frying pan is a legit strategy in uh, Left 4 Dead 2. I'll take your word on it. <laughs> you haven't played Left 4 Dead 2? <laughs> I've not. I've not. Oh, dude. I get it. Back, is it backwards compatible yet? It is. I believe it is. Uh, at least we, the first we should one. totally so. play. 
I, I, I love that game. It's yeah. amazing. I love the noise it makes when you hit them with the frying pan. <laughs> it's just really satisfying. <sighs> All right, you guys, we are going to jump on over. We're going to grab Ross and we are going to kick on this interview with EC Bongos. Xbox Snap, this week's interview. So welcome back and joining us for this week's interview is a returning guest. It is, well, he's known on Xbox Live as AC Bongos. It's Graham Boyd. Welcome to the podcast, Graham. Or welcome back, should hey. I say. Hey, thanks for having me back. I must have done all right last time if I got asked back again, so I appreciate I, it. I think you're our seventh favourite guest, so that's not too bad. Seventh? Yeah. <laughs> Seventh, that's pretty good. Top 10, I'm happy with that. <laughs> We've not done a top 10 list. <laughs> 50. Episode 61. Oh, 61, 61. You know better than me. That says quite a lot. <laughs> well, that's, um, yeah, 7th out of 61. Pretty happy with that. Room for improvement, you know? <laughs> <laughs> What's next year? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, thank you so much for coming back and, and joining us. It's been about a year since we've spoken to you last. Now, We've picked up some new listeners on the way, or maybe someone w- missed the initial visit. So for those listening who maybe do not know who you are, um, give us an overview of who you are and what your job is at Xbox. Yeah, totally. Um, so, uh, well, my name's Graham Boyd. Um, as you said, my, my Xbox Live gamer tag is AC Bongos, and I'm AC Bongos on Twitter and Instagram and pretty much everywhere else as well. So I work with all of our, our you know, our markets, our countries around the world that, that run Facebook pages, Twitter feeds, all that sort of stuff, and uh, and just support them, make sure they've got the content they need, make sure that things are consistent and that we're, like, you know, talking to our audiences around the world through social media in the right way. Um, so that's a lot of fun because it's a lot of different, uh, you know, a lot of uh, variations between markets and countries and, you know, the, the Xbox community around the world is incredible wherever you go but it's also different in different countries and different parts of the world so it's kind of fascinating to get to work with with the community um uh, globally and then the other part of my job in social media is that i actually head up um, platform marketing we call it for uh, in xbox and, and platform really means console uh, and accessories um so uh, you know I, I get to work with our agencies on uh, creative around Xbox One S and Xbox One X, which is obviously pretty cool at the moment. Uh, and then all our new controllers and accessories and, uh, you know, and, and working with them to, to figure out how those things show up in social media and how it, how they, um, kind of integrate with uh, how they show up in other parts of, uh, of Xbox, like Xbox.com and newsletters and stuff. So, so yeah, uh, it, social media marketing, really, you know, and I think, uh, because I do some of the daily show stuff and like, uh, you, know, you know, some people sometimes see me on videos and stuff. I think, I think maybe people sometimes think my job is a bit more like, um, Larry's like major Nelson's, but yeah. actually I've read you've been called the European major Nelson, which I don't know. Like, is that a compliment? Uh, I always think of Larry as the American AC Bongos. Uh, yes, that, that's, that's how I'd describe it as well. There we go. There we yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's absolutely. I mean, honestly, that's a, it's a compliment, you know, to, to be thought of like that. It is, you know, in reality, like uh, the sort of video stuff and presenting, you know, it, it's a very small part of my job. You know, I'm really pleased that, you know, working with, fans and xbox fans and gaming fans uh, you know around the world is still 
a big part of my job. And one of the cool things about going to events and, you know, doing presenting and stuff is that you get to meet so many real Xbox fans and real gaming fans. So, so I'm really, I feel really lucky that I've got, you know, uh, a nice sort of spread of responsibilities at Xbox and I can get involved in lots of different things, but the kind of social media marketing side of things is definitely what takes up most of my time. I mean, it's, I, I've seen a ton of, of uh, retweets and posts from you about the, the design labs controllers. And every time I see one, I <laughs> keep going, I need to, I need to make my own. I need to have one of those made. Those just look ridiculously cool. Some of the designs that folks have, have compiled yeah. together. Well, I don't know. I mean, if you, um, if you follow me on Twitter and Instagram as well, you, you probably get a sense that, like, I, I, I absolutely love Xbox controllers. Like, I always have. Always one of my favorite sort of parts of the job to, um, to work on content around them and photography and, and figure out how we're going to present them through social media. And I collect them myself as well. So, you know, I always have done right through Xbox 360 and, and, and you know, and right up to today. So it's been really cool to work on design labs. Um, uh, just, you know, from a, xbox fan point of view which i obviously am you know it, it's a it's a just a really cool um offering uh, and i've always wanted to be able to design my own so it's been nice to work from at that point and then what you see is that I, I love seeing the you know everyone's individual designs and the inspiration behind their designs so the fact that it's now launched in uk france and germany as well as us and canada and puerto rico has been really great for, for me being based over here because, you know, A, I can actually, you know, legitimately get, get an Xbox design lab controller. <laughs> and B, like, it's nice to be able to share it with the, the community over here. If people have been sending me photos, I've been retweeting it. And I love just hearing the stories about why they've chosen those colors or those designs. And, you know, I've got a bit of a soft spot for ones that are um, inspired by football teams. Uh, cause that's, you know, definitely the inspiration I, put into into my controllers so yeah really cool and i'm excited that we've got more news nice. about extra countries coming later this summer as well so keep an eye on that That's great to hear yes oh. for sure we will so ac now that you gave us a little bit of a background of, of about what you do at xbox i guess we wanted to know how did you get started there uh, what brought you to working at xbox uh yeah so i started as a video games journalist uh, about 2004, so quite a while ago now. Um, came straight out of uni and was lucky enough to get a job on Computer and Video Games magazine when that was still going in the UK. Um, and then moved online uh, onto like CVG.com uh, and then moved over to official Xbox magazine. Uh, and the website uh, actually launched the the new website for OXM when uh, just before the Xbox 360 was launched. So I guess that's 2005, yeah. summer of 2005. Yeah. yeah, those were those were fun days. Um, and really, and from there, it was about a year later, I guess. I actually ended up on the European Xbox team. Uh, so I guess 2006. Um, yeah, and I've been here since. So that's 11 years at Xbox now, um, through a lot of a lot of changes. In terms of consoles and and even you know in terms of the way that social media has evolved and changed and become much more important to to the gaming community, so so yeah, it's uh, been a good good ride. Your time frame must have been perfect for social media in that sense, because you would have been there right on the cusp of Facebook and Twitter and everything's just taken off. You've been you've been there for the whole time essentially. Then yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, in, in some aspects, I've been quite lucky because of that. The timing worked out really nicely for me. Uh, you know, I was started as a community manager at Xbox, so working really closely with, you know, fan site editors and um, and kind of grassroots gaming community. So, you know, those communities grasped onto social media very quickly. Um, so it immediately felt quite, you know, native to me and sort of it was important for us to to understand it and figure out how Xbox could and should get involved in, in social media. Um, but it has been fascinating to see it change. I mean, you know, I remember when YouTube wasn't even a thing. Um, and if you look at, you know, how important YouTube and Twitch and Mixer and, um, you know, video in general is to to gaming uh, and the gaming community now yeah. compared to back in those days, it's it's quite startling. You know, I remember we started working with YouTubers in 2008, 2009, maybe. You know, and even the people I was working with, my agency at the time were, you know, they had to convince me that um, these kids making videos on YouTube were the future. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I was sort of like, oh, so, well, so they sit in their room and they play games and they make videos about it. <laughs> and they go to events with a little camera and shoot themselves. And this is this is this is going to be big, is it? And they're like, yeah. So, you know, we, we you know, we, we took a took a few YouTubers at the time um to events and stuff and yeah the, the numbers even back then were huge but compared to what they are now obviously just absolutely dwarfed. so it's yeah it's just been amazing to see how the whole i guess the ability to create content and therefore to influence people and put your opinions out there um yeah. has just completely changed uh, in the time i've been here at xbox and certainly from when i was a when i was a games journalist you know you had you had games journalists and websites and magazines and the audience, right? And that was kind of the way it worked. Whereas now is like everyone is a games journalist essentially. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. But you know, but it's it's amazing that the the way things have shifted and I think it can only be good for, for the games industry. It's great. So for someone that wanted to follow a similar path, what would be your advice? Because it has changed since you get into this industry? Is there anything that you could offer them? Uh, I, th- I mean, I've always kind of said, you know, have a clear idea of what you'd like to do, but don't be, you know, super, from a young age, don't be like 100% focused on one individual thing, you know, keep a little bit of an open mind. But really just like working hard and getting the qualifications you think you need for what you want to do uh, and making contacts. You know, again, that's brilliant thing about social media now is is the way you can you can build connections with and make contacts with pretty much anyone in the gaming community, you know, you know, right up to like, you know, superstar developers. Um, so I think it's, uh, that's really opened things up and people can really make a name for themselves for the, for the, you know, the work they do, the opinions they have. And, uh, that's awesome. That's, that's really, really good. So, you know, just build, build connections and, and, and always work hard. I mean, I think I've, I feel like I've been quite lucky in in the way it's worked out for me. But then there's always there's always an element of you know hard work creates luck, you know. Yeah. And I did I did study yeah. hard at uni, and uh, you know, and I, I tried hard at school. And like I always enjoyed writing, um, so worked hard on my writing. And then uh, you know that kind of took me to places that I didn't necessarily think I would end up. But it's been great. So yeah, a little bit of luck, a little bit of hard work. And then, you know, work harder making connections and contacts. And I think good things can happen. 
Yeah, so AC, I wanted to ask you, you were heavily, heavily involved at E3, and especially with the uh, with the daily shows. And, I mean, the, the shows were just absolutely phenomenal. It seemed like you guys had a ton of people watching uh, each and every day, especially over on Mixer and over on, on Xbox. I wanted to ask you, how much prep work goes in to those daily shows? Are they all done off the cuff, or is there, are they fairly scripted out or how was that for you getting that going uh i mean first of all there's so much fun to do like i absolutely love doing those shows at e3 and when other times when we have the opportunity as well it's it's great and 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 as a you know a fan of gaming in general one of the things i get a real kick out of them is that you know i get to meet so many developers um and people who work on these games that i absolutely love so that's a real privilege, and it's a, it's a nice thing to be able to do. Um, a lot, a, a ton of work goes into them, but <laughs> I'm not going to take any credit for that because actually the, the vast majority of the work, and it is tons of work, happens behind the scenes with the with the production team. Yeah, they are absolutely incredible, and and you know, for me and Larry and Kate and Julia, the team just makes it so much fun to be involved with for us. Like they take all of the hard work off us and let us um, kind of just, you know, enjoy it and have a bit of fun with it. And, you know, and, and try and do the best we can with, with the hosting and with the guests. Um, it is all quite, particularly E3, it's all quite fluid because, you know, we, we definitely have show flows and running orders and, you know, there's a lot of guests booked in and stuff, but, you know, if you know what E3 is like, it's just madness and schedules shift around all over the place all the time. So we have to kind of, you know, be quite uh, reactive on it. Never quite know if the next segment or the next guest is, you know, going to be there on time or if we're going to have to move things around and stuff. So, but that just sort of adds to the fun. And it is definitely, you know, some of it's, it's scripted in terms of, you know, we know what's happening next and we have intros and outros and segues between segments and stuff. But really the, the, the nicest part of that is that you're kind of given a structure and a framework that gives you the confidence to then actually go off script and just muck around. As an example, right, on the Monday show at E3 this year, we had um, Craig and Joe on from yeah. Uh, yeah. from Rare, who I know you just had on the, on the podcast recently. And, you know, and I know the Rare team quite well, and, you know, we've played football together and all that sort of stuff before, so we, we get on pretty well. I love going up there. It's such a good laugh. It's such a good, like, fun team to be around. And, uh, yeah, that interview in particular just very quickly went off the rails. <laughs> but, but it was, it was, it, I think it was actually my favorite interview of the whole three days because, you know, we, um, we just had a bit of a laugh and, uh, and, uh, you know, I think they actually shared like different kinds of information than they were like planning to share, which is great, you know, because you maybe hear something new just because you, you were having a bit of a laugh with them. So, so yeah, it's it's a ton of fun. I really really enjoy it. And as I say, it's just a tiny part of my job. I was gonna say you seem really natural up there. I mean, do you, do you still get nervous before you before you go up there, especially interviewing Phil or someone else? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, Phil um, on stage in front of lots yeah, and was, lots and lots of people. <laughs> totally. It was nice getting to speak to Phil this year because I I think I did it maybe three or four years ago. Um. Uh, like you know, don't want to sound like I'm being sycophantic here, but he is fantastic. Like I've just got so much respect and time for Phil. I think he's phenomenal for for Xbox as a business. Um, 
and really deeply understands games in our and the gaming community as a whole, not just the Xbox community. I think he's great for gaming in general. Um, so you know, so that was a real pleasure. It's always good to speak to him. Um, but it is, it is a little bit intimidating, especially when you're speaking to Phil. <laughs> but he's he is a very personable. He's a nice bloke as well, right? So yeah, um, that that's kind of relaxes you. And you know, we always have a bit of a laugh about the first time I interviewed. You know, I, I introduced him as xbox's head honcho yes and and li- live at the time he took real like umbrage to that term he was like head honcho what does that mean <laughs> so we always we always make sure that we write in a you know a suitably like like bad uh title for him oh. you know, so, so i think this year it was like the lord of xbox <laughs> which again he didn't particularly enjoy too much but you know it's just a bit of fun. so so that's good. I mean, but in answer to your original question, um, it's, I've done it quite a lot now, so it's not so much. I'm usually more nervous if I don't feel prepared, and that kind of goes for everything in in my yeah. life. You know, meetings and <laughs> presentations, and and then daily shows and things like that. But again, you know, if if you're prepared and you've got a good team and good people around you, um, it's more. It's just excitement, really. It's it's fun to do, um, and it is a privilege. So you know, I always try and remember that. Um, you still get a little, you know, there's nothing wrong with a wee bit of nerves now and again. Um, yeah. But I just really enjoy it now. And honestly, like, I have been doing it for quite a long time, so I've you know I've had the the benefit of lots of practice, which helps. Does it still feel like work, or is it um, more play? Not really. No. No, and that's again. That's why I really like it because you know a lot of my day job is doing powerpoints and spreadsheets and tons and tons and tons of emails. So you know I really take it as a a real privilege when I get to do these things and just really try and enjoy it as as much as as possible. And yeah, and hopefully that comes across. Now Mixer is of course here. The yeah. whole everything was broadcast in Mixer that you were doing, and it, not only was that a great advert for the platform, but Seem to work quite smoothly. Um, now, you're going to be able to watch all Xbox shows, briefings and events in the future on there, as we just had in E3. As a marketing manager and a presenter, to have that as a platform, is that a game changer? Yeah, I mean, we, it's really exciting to have it, you know, as part of Xbox now, really. It's part of Microsoft, part of the family. Uh, and just even the the... the it's changed so much just, you know, in the time that we brought it on board and the, the sort of short time that it's been alive as a service. I mean, the name's changed, obviously, yeah. which is quite a big thing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really exciting. The opportunities has opened up. You know, I think it was great at E3 and that was our first opportunity to really like go big on Mixer, you know, showing the, the briefing in 4K there, um, was really cool. And then, you know, great to have the daily show involved. And, you know, I love the interactivity that it brings and the, you know, the added benefits that it can bring to, to people watching. Like, yeah. you know, we gave away a ton of free games this time if you watch through Mixer. And, um, so that's that's really cool. And I'm excited to see where that team takes it. You know, we're talking to them about Gamescom and, and things we can do there. Uh, so that's exciting too. But, yeah, I think in terms of, um, you know, streaming services, I think it is a game changer with the the, the low latency, latency is is one thing yeah. you know i think yeah. reducing that distance between broadcaster and audience is is awesome but for me the the bit that's really exciting is this you know the the interactivity and the um the different uh, like the different depths of options that the um mixer 
uh, opens up. And when you combine those two things together, you know, the low latency, the kind of, um, you, you know, you are seeing it as exactly as it's happening um, with the interactivity. I think you can start to, to see some really exciting opportunities open up in future. So, so yeah, it's cool to, to see that team developing and they've got some real talent over there. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. We are also very excited and on, and fully on board with Mixer, especially the, uh, the co-streaming options that you guys yeah. have worked yes, into. That's that awesome, is easily yeah. a, a great thing. And now you can co-stream from, uh, actually still might be in the preview, uh, build, but yeah, you can now co-stream with other. There's directly from the Xbox, which is, yeah, <laughs> again, such a, it, you guys have made it so easy to access and use that service. So it's, uh, it's like a no, yeah. no brainer that it's, uh, that well, I'm glad you going to start picking it up if you're on the Xbox. Yeah. I'm glad you reminded me about that in particular, because I think one of the benefits that we've got is that, you know, something like co-streaming, you know, we've got games being built within the Microsoft family, um, like Sea of Thieves, for instance, right? Yeah. It's, Sea of Thieves and Code Streaming are just absolute perfect partners. Um, so I, I think it's great that there can be an exchange of ideas and knowledge between teams like Rare and the Mixer team, um, you know, who are building out those services. I think that's across the board. That's going to pay, uh, you know, real dividends in future because it's you've got these 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 amazingly creative teams doing similar things that can really help each other out. Uh, and then, therefore, it makes it better for, for the audience and the user at the end of the day. So it's exciting. The only, the only, the one, my one regret with Mixer is that I haven't really had the chance to, to use it much myself. I was kind of hoping I would get on there more and, um, and start doing some more streaming. But um, I'm not the chance FIFA. yet. And we'll co-stream one oh, that's day, a good right? idea, yeah. That's a great idea. <laughs> Rangers versus yeah. Aberdeen. Well, well, Rangers versus Aberdeen, I think, yeah. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> All right, it's a date. <laughs> AC, you know, we can't talk to you uh, about E3 without bringing up the Xbox One X. So it must be such an amazing feeling to have that finally re- revealed and uh, have that announced to everyone and hear the excitement uh, behind that. So I uh, just wanted to get your take on it. What was it like? there uh at the show directly when when that was announced and and i guess some of the feedback that you've you've heard from folks on on the new console or the updated console yeah it was a it was it was a relief it was really exciting to to reveal it um you know that it, it was very secretive uh, internally um you know i say i've been here a long time and uh, X was definitely one of the most secretive things I've ever seen here. We were very keen to, you know, keep some surprises and, you know, the, even just the name itself. It was right. so good to hear it being said out publicly because, because <laughs> I was absolutely paranoid for ages that, you know, I was going to, um, accidentally say the name. <laughs> wet, wet the Scorpio out and, the back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that was great, you know, and I think, I loved our briefing this year. I thought, you know, I thought the presentation was great. I loved the screen we had there. I thought it looked brilliant on the on the stream. Um, and I like the way that we 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 presented uh, Xbox One X. I like that we've, you know, the, 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 this information that we shared through like Digital Foundry and stuff earlier this year. You know, it was different. I, I liked mm-hmm. it too. Yeah, it definitely was. You know, and honestly, when I first heard about that approach, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't entirely sure. Um, but I love the fact that we went hardware first, uh, and I love the fact that we had, 
you know, we had, we, it wasn't just us saying it. Yeah. You know, we had experts looking at it uh, and giving their opinion on it very early. Um, so I, I really love that approach. And I, and I like how we actually went, you know, we gave a lot of like very kind of technical info first. Um, right. Uh, which was, I think was really good. And I think what we did at E3 was, was kind of like reframe that really technical specs based info into something that, um, you know, the wider gaming community, and I definitely include myself there, you know, can really understand and get to grips with. Um, so, you know, I think it is the world's most powerful console. And I think we've, we've landed that. And I think people are, are really starting to see what that means now. We've told everyone about Xbox One X. We've showed the actual box itself. We've talked about what it's going to be called, how much it's going to cost when it's coming. The exciting thing for me now is getting real gamers, real Xbox fans in front of Xbox One X and hands on with the games so they can truly like, you know, feel what that extra power gives you. Um, uh, and I'm really excited to hear those reactions, um, you know, down the line. So, you know, clearly that's something we're really keen to do over the next few months. And it's very exciting. Um, can I say, it showed the confidence, I think, that he's had in the product, essentially, because Digital Foundry, it must be very nerve-wracking just to position a console in front of them and go, test, you know, this is going to be released publicly. <laughs> it must have been so nerve-wracking, that, but... One of the other things that announced, of course, at the conference was that original Xbox backwards compatibility is coming. But is it a game from the Xbox that you cannot wait to play on your X? Um, I think I was thinking about this earlier. I think, uh, and then weirdly, the game that popped into mind was: Do you remember a little cat called Blinks the Time yes. Sweeper? <laughs> yeah. So. Blinks, that, that's who, yeah, Blinks. Yeah, I think he was uh, intended to be like Xbox's Mario, but he never quite, um, bless him, he never quite took off in the same way. Um, but I've got quite good memories of Blinks because I was in, I was, you know, studying in Edinburgh at the time that that game came out, and I worked in Blockbuster on the Gorgie Road, just across from Town Castle, actually, oh. Art Stadium. And um, we, uh, we had a big cardboard cutout of him in the shop. And then I, I wrote, uh, I applied for a job at Official Xbox Magazine at the same time, and they wanted a sort of sample review of an Xbox game. Uh, and given that that was like the like that was like the newest one that had just come into the shop, um, I took it home and and wrote a six hundred word review of Blinks the Time Sweeper. Um, so it kind of has a bit of a. It got six out of ten, by the way. <laughs> and that's why it's not the new the Mario of Xbox, uh, then. <laughs> yeah, and I I didn't get the job. I don't know if those two things oh. are related. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's I've got has um, it's got good memories for me. But actually, that game as well was pretty. Uh, it was quite ahead of its time because it, it used the hard drive on the original Xbox to like, um, you know, you could like rewind time and. Yeah. Uh, and do all this sort of stuff. So it used the hard drive in like a really clever way, which I think we all take for granted now. But that back then it was pretty um, technically uh, sophisticated. I'm gonna play it again and you know reminisce and see if it deserves maybe a six and a half or a seven. <laughs> I'd love to see a review this time on from you, AC. Honestly, that would that would be on playing it on your X 
a backwards compatible yeah. original title reviewed, and you should send it in. <laughs> See if you can get <laughs> send it in OXM. Yeah. <laughs> yeah also, but, you know, I, you know, I should just say as well, like I, I don't know if Blink's the Time Super will come to OG Xbox back compatible. <laughs> no, <laughs> but uh, I certainly hope it would. It'd be nice if it did. Well, for me, it's easy. It's FIFA Street. But what about you, Clay? FIFA Street. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, uh, e- easily Crimson Tide. Uh, Crimson, Crimson, not Skies. Crimson Tides. Crimson Skies. <laughs> Crimson Skies. Well, there you go. Easily, you know easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're, well, you're the game that I, I think it was the first game. So, AC, we also wanted to ask you about your um, your passion for Forza. Since uh, at the conference this year, we got a new game reveal. They also revealed a new Porsche. Uh, um, I, we just wanted to find out what's what's behind your love for the Forza series. Yeah, I, 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 you know, it's quite simple, honestly. Like I've, I always loved cars. Yeah, you know, I'm not like a massive car nut. You know, I don't, you know, I don't like, I don't know my way around an engine. I don't know all of the specs of the latest cars out or anything. But I just love cars. I love looking at them. I love driving them. My dream job, seriously, would be uh, like a. a a racing driver not necessarily like formula one but like you know rally or touring cars something like that like i just i love cars so so naturally i mean i've always loved driving games like i was a huge gran turismo fan like you know back in the day when i had a playstation 2 i guess turn of the millennium 2000 that sort of time absolutely loved gran turismo 3 with a force feedback wheel and the pedals and all that sort of stuff and and then you know over the years i think forza's just really solidified its place as as the driving not just game but driving franchise um so i've always loved forza motorsport um and then forza horizon is uh you know is up there with my all-time favorite game franchises just absolutely love that game i love the uh, you know what i love about it is that it feels like Yes, it's a driving game. It's technically amazing. It looks beautiful. It's, you know, it's from a game design point of view, it's great. But the thing I really love about it is got, it's got real heart and soul to it. There's something you can't quite put your finger on about that game that just really makes you feel part of something. And I think, you know, the, the team at, at Playground Games up in Leamington, um, they deserve so much credit for like imbuing that game with this spirit that, that makes you feel part of you know this this event and this happening it's just, it's just awesome so i love it and then you know the other the other thing about forza which is a wee bit more selfish is that working on forza over the years has has enabled me and allowed me to get close to uh, motor racing and and beautiful cars for horizon stuff i've been able to drive uh, hideously expensive and fast cars um spent some time with tanner faust Wow. Um, a couple of years ago as well, which is awesome. And, you know, it's just some of these experiences as well. I just, I never, never take those things for granted. And Forza has always been a, a great way for, to be engaged with them. Great team as well. You know, one of the things about this job is that you meet lots of different teams, lots of different developers, marketing teams, etc. And everyone that I've ever met through Turn 10 or the Forza team internally here at Xbox and, and certainly Playground Games as well. They're just they're just really great people that are really passionate about what they do. Um, so that's always a, a, a joy as well. Now, I need to ask you something actually. Now, I made a prediction before E3. We have a prediction special that Phil Spencer was going to wear a t-shirt with my face on it. Now, for some bizarre reason... <laughs> what was that based on? 
I just did that inclination. <laughs> you know, why wouldn't he? Right. Why wouldn't he? It, it didn't happen for some reason, but do you think you could sort it for me for next year? Uh, I could certainly have a word. Yeah. I can have a word with a man. We, you know, if you want to take part, we've got a hashtag on the go. It's called, well, it's hashtag Ross on Phil. Ross on Phil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ross on Phil. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of uh, what's your man that was on EastEnders? Ross oh, Kemp. Ross Kemp. Ross Kemp on Phil. <laughs> Ross on Phil. Hard hitting expose of Phil. No, uh, it's just a I mean, Scottish yeah. man's face I'll on a man's see what t-shirt. I can do. Yeah. I'm going to ask everyone this now, even people who aren't directly related to Xbox, because after a while he's going to get sick of it, isn't he, and just do it. Have you got the t-shirts made? I mean, oh, if I've got to send them a t-shirt, if I've got to put my hand in my pocket, I'm not doing it. I thought so you would... expect. <laughs> so you want him to wear the t-shirt, but he's actually got to design the t-shirt and get it printed. And yeah. Okay. Right. Well, I think that might be a deal breaker. Mm. I was feeling pretty positive about it, you know, because me and Phil are pretty tight now. After I called them the Lord of Xbox. <laughs> but oh well. I might... oh, oh well. Fair enough. Thanks anyway. <laughs> now, good luck we've all got dreams you know <laughs> so there's something else which you are known for you do a lot many good deeds for charity now the last time we were on we are talking about the work that you've been doing for special effect have you been doing anything recently or, or anything coming up with regards to the charity or anything else uh, yeah I mean special effects are incredible and uh, you know really uh, like I don't, I don't do that much. You know, I'm really passionate about special effects as a charity. I think there's a lot of people who do a lot more for charity. So, I, you know, I don't want to take too much credit for that. I kind of do what I can. But I think working in games and just being a gamer in general is, I think it's really important to support charities that do great work for gamers. You know, and I think special effects are just such an amazing example of that. You know, if you don't know what they do, they they um they help people with physical and mental disabilities play video games essentially um and not just play video games but access technology access computing um not just for for gaming but for for work for communication uh for friendships for all that sort of stuff so they're phenomenal so you know if, and i just there's such a nice bunch of people and so intelligent and so talented uh, and they do genuinely life-changing work um, so, uh, you know, I'm just really happy to support them whenever I can. And, and again, you know, like selfishly talking, I get some cool opportunities out of it as well. You know, a few weeks ago, I was up at Northampton Town FC's uh, football club's ground uh, and we played an exhibition match, uh, you know, 11 aside on the actual in the stadium. Um, to raise money for special effects. So that, you know, stuff like that's a lot of fun. And, you know, if you can have fun with stuff like that and get some cool experiences and also help help a charity doing amazing work, then then it's all goodness as far as I'm concerned. So the next thing I'm doing with them is uh, the British 10K, which I think is a week on Sunday. And I haven't done much training, actually. Oh, dear. Off my <laughs> no. That's fine. So I need to actually start raising some money for that. Um that's crept up on me, actually. I didn't realize it was so soon. So, so yeah, so hopefully raise some money for that. It's a really good turnout uh, from the games industry. I think there's almost 100 people running to support special effects next Sunday in London. Uh, so that's great. Um, but I would really urge you to, to look them up. It's uh, specialeffect.org.uk. 
uh, I believe. And I'll make um, sure that I include all the links in the, the, the description for the podcast as well. So for anyone that wants to get involved and raise some money or just even find out more information about the work that Special Effect do, just look in the description of this podcast or in the post on the subreddit. Ah, indeed. There it is. <laughs> there you go, take me through. But There's we... a lot of difficult things going on in the world these days, you know, and if you can uh, you know, make a little bit of a difference for, for an amazing cause, then then it's a good thing to do. So I'd love it if you looked them up. Well, Graham, I know you're a busy man, so thank you so much for taking the time out to come back and speak to us again. It's my pleasure. Thank you for asking me again. I hope that was all right. Um, yeah, and just thank you to you, gents. Thanks for asking me. Thanks for all the work that you do. It's really appreciated over here. Um, and thanks to, to everyone listening as well. Uh, you know, as I said it earlier, like, a, a, and uh, I really mean it. It's the best part of my job is to to work with and talk to to Xbox fans and gamers. Uh, it's just it would not be the same. My job would not be the same without it. So yeah, just um, you know, thank you for your support and keep talking to us. Keep giving us your opinions and uh, we love it. And hopefully, I'll see some of you uh, later this year at Gamescom and, and maybe even EGX. Yep, hopefully we get to see you there. And thanks again for joining us. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Graham, for taking some time to speak with us. Always fun getting to chat with some of the folks from Microsoft and hearing how they got started and uh, what they're working on. And basically, we got to chat a little bit about E3, and it was too much fun. But um, let's let's get back. We've got a few more stories, and we will wrap things up. I guess, uh, Reese, you want to grab this next one here? Yeah, actually, this is really important because <laughs> it actually important. is like directly related to the subreddit. So... You guys know that Microsoft, you know, takes a real active interest in what everyone's talking about on the subreddit. And when when people um, like when people post technical issues on the sub, Microsoft is really quick to read those and respond to those. And it, you may all recall recall that uh, a user posted a serious issue that uh, Chatterbait had stopped working on the subreddit. Had stopped working on his Xbox. Well, he posted on the subreddit that it has stopped working on his Xbox, yes. And amusingly, uh, uh, I I know a few people on the Microsoft um, tech team. We're on on pretty good terms. People who are longtime listeners of the sub may remember I actually corralled the entire tech team onto the second episode for that big group interview. And uh, basically, I was talking to them on Skype. I linked them the... uh, the thread and I was like guys this is a serious emergency can you sort this out and they thought that was pretty funny and then when they got to the part that uh, Major Nelson commented on the thread and they they just lost it they said Larry commenting on the thread and all he says is will not repro and anyone who's like <laughs> in the business meet like I, I'm not going to reproduce that <laughs> and, and so uh, anyway that thread was really popular. Everyone had a laugh. The reason I mentioned the tech guys, not just because of that, is because they thought it was hilarious that this guy actually mentioned Chatterbait because they said people have been sort of tiptoeing around it, trying to complain to Microsoft like they're, uh, they were saying like certain websites are not displaying and certain chat programs were not working. <laughs> but this guy just came out and said it like, yo, guys, where's, where's Chatterbait? Anyway, so the, the thread went away and it came back again and it was OP. Actually, the same guy <laughs> posted again. So he's obviously been checking 
<laughs> he, he posted that Chatterbait is finally working again, and straight away, uh, Major Nelson chimed in and said, guys, I'm going to pass this on to the tech team as, uh, as issue fixed based on user feedback. So congratulations, <laughs> Xbox One. Congrats. <laughs> you did it, guys. <laughs> Putting the priority in there, you know? <laughs> <sighs> so I, I haven't had a chance to actually test this myself, um, but uh, yeah. I'll let you well guys done, know later. Everyone. Yeah, thanks, Clay. <laughs> thanks Take one for the team. I mean, uh... <laughs> uh, 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 uh. but yeah, no, seriously, that's that's funny. And I, this is what I love about the sub, um, that <laughs> stuff like this can happen and we can actually have people from Microsoft not only fix this, you know, very important issue, but, <laughs> but actually joke around with it and like... Yeah. Not not just joke with us, but joke internally. And you know, it's I think it's something that I don't get me wrong. I love Nintendo uh, so much. I give them so much of my money, and they just won't love me back. Please notice me, simply. Um, <laughs> what, what I Reese, what I would what I would love to have been is a fly on the wall of the dev team doing. I'm mean, what I'm assuming is like a weekly review of the top reported issues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone's like, all right, let's prioritize the issues. What are we going to work on this week? Well, guys, there's a really, really critical issue that we need to fix. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the thing I was saying was like, you know, the same, based on the same thing you're saying is, you know, I, I love Nintendo and, you know, Sony is a perfectly good company, but both of them are really missing that sort of human element that... Yes that you get, at least on our subreddit, because, you know, we have all these Microsoft people and they're out there posting memes and, and jokes, you know, just like everyone else. And just the fact that this could happen, you know, as you say, being a fly on the wall, like, so guys, what's the most important thing? Because you know, there, there are people whose jobs it is, Microsoft's uh, community managers and Microsoft's social media managers and influence managers, you know, their job is to monitor the internet and find out what people are talking about. So they would have actually had to bring that to <laughs> to the higher ups, the CEOs in a big meeting. Like, so what's the internet talking about this week? <clears throat> uh, Chatterbait. <laughs> the heck is that? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, you know, one of the other ones is like, damn it, get us working again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I think on that note we should probably get the hell yes. off this podcast exactly. and, and probably never speak again. Yes. Um, but yeah, it, it was so nice to have you back on the pod, Clay. I know, it, it and uh, we miss I you be back on more more often here. Now that my work isn't so absolutely wild and crazy, well, fingers crossed. But uh, yeah, for another week, we're again uh, thanks again to Graham Boyd for joining us this week. Uh, if you guys can take a moment to. Uh, leave us some feedback on the pod. Come on into the subreddit. Leave us some feedback on the episode and what you guys like and what you'd like to hear. And we've got some more great interviews lined up here for the upcoming weeks. So make sure to stay tuned. But uh, until next week, Xbox, turn off. You're listening to Xbox One Party Chat Podcast. The official podcast of the Xbox One subreddit. Let's do this.